Why Lacus? Why what? <clears throat> Explain yourself. What have you done? I'm sure you've heard all about it. That's why you came to see me, isn't it? Is it true what they're saying about you? That you're guilty of providing assistance to an enemy spy? How could you do that? I did not provide assistance to an enemy spy. All I did was decide to provide Kira with a newer, better sword. Because I felt he had need of it now, and it would ultimately serve its purpose best in Kira's hands. Kira? What are you talking about, Lacus? Kira's gone. I... Killed him with your own hands? <sighs> Don't look so worried. It's true, Kira's still alive. You're lying! What kind of trick are you trying to pull now, Lacus Klein? And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. And today we have a pretty good one. In the name of justice, we have just watched the best episode. So I don't know that I'd say it's all downhill from here, but we're never going to get quite that high. Although I think we're going to get close a couple times. It's like hilly terrain from here, from what I've heard. It's downhill so, from here. All of it, just completely downhill. There's never any ups. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. There's the time where that thing gets stolen. That's rad. <laughs> you just described half the series. That's yeah, true. Don't they swap mobile suits like 12 times after You're this? You're thinking of Gundam Wing. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm trying to put this together based on things that we've talked about. By the way, did we score any points last episode? We did not. Okay. I'm pretty sure we score next episode. We don't score any this episode either. Spoilers. Okay. Well, now that I've got three episodes in a row with some like concrete data points that I remember, I can maybe start putting this together. Although it might it's almost time to reveal the game, right? We're almost soon, there. Soon. Okay. Alright. So, like I said, episode 36 in the name of justice. Before we get to that, I want to talk some more about the last episode because it's great. But also a thing I kind of started talking about, but we didn't really talk about is that's kind of the end of Kira's arc. And that he has gone from a shitty teenager to a idealistic person, but a person who knows what he wants to do and is taking steps to accomplish it. Yes, although he's too idealistic. Oh, yeah. Does that ever become a flaw? Kind of. It is used against him later. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was hoping something like that would happen. And but it's actually really cool. It's the one good part of Gundam. I, well, Gundam Seed Destiny has so many good parts. Until you hit the 25 <laughs> I, episode hey, mark. I heard the season finale of the Black Tapes, and now I'm more disappointed in something than Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> the Black Tapes is a narrative podcast. Uh -huh. Its series finale is the worst thing I have ever heard. Wow. Yeah, it is the worst ending I have seen to anything. Huh. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I even went to Reddit to be like, am I off base? And literally the first like hundred posts are people going, what is this ending? And occasionally people saying the shipping made no sense. And a few people saying, I actually thought the shipping was good. But yes, this episode was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's impressive. It's real bad, but that's not where we are. What I want to hit on, though, is that everyone's first arc is kind of over. Like, Atherin killed Kira. He, obviously, he got better. But, like, <laughs> Atherin is kind of on a different arc that spins out of where he was before. 
but he's kind of you know, concluded his struggle over what he should do with Kira and is in this different struggle now. Maru is kind of not at the end of her arc. She didn't really have a super concrete one, and neither did Mu. But they're kind of at major turning points on there. We're going to get a point later in this episode that is basically the end of Sai's character arc. He doesn't go away, but he kind of fades into the background, unfortunately. After he this becomes episode. part of the bridge crew. Does he at least, Just in general, stay more relevant than Cuzzy? Yes. Yay! <laughs> Muriela is starting on another arc too soon. She's not. She's not really there yet, but she's kind of not over the death of Tal, but she's not going to be weepy about it anymore. She's getting on the tracks. I was going to ask if it becomes a murder revenge arc where she plans an elaborate plot to kill Athard. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> nah, kill Izak. Have I mentioned I don't like Izak very much? I mean, Diarch is still hanging around, right? He's not dead yet. He's on the bridge. Yeah. Or brig. In the brig. But he didn't really have a character art, right? He was Izak's snarky sidekick. Yeah, no, I'm expecting Millie to kill him first. And then that fuels her bloodlust. And she goes on a rampage. <laughs> Did you actually tell him what happens later in the series, Jeremy? Because that's, that's too damn close for that to be a lucky guess. <laughs> Wikipedia is a thing, Zach. Why are that's you blaming true. me? Tyler doesn't use Wikipedia. It's not true for every character. Loral the Crusade is kind of on the same path. Same with Patrick Zala. Lacus doesn't really arc as much as I like her. She kind of reveals her trump card more than has an arc, I feel. Sorry, I just keep thinking of what Jeremy calls her at this point. My, hey, that you started that name. <laughs> Did I? Yes. I can never remember what I started calling people and have it come in. <laughs> you have to save it for when she shows up, because, man, that, that outfit is I, sure uh, is an outfit. <laughs> I have a friend who cosplayed that outfit, so it's possible. I mean, Was that I, Aubrey? Will say, yeah. I will say that it will probably look better on an actual human, but <laughs> who designed that? Yeah, that collar. <laughs> that collar. What is with collars on Lacus? And I also don't like her Sailor Moon hair. But she does collar. A, I she, do like the hair. She needs it because she just got finished practicing for bomb defusal. And was, you know, bomb defusal collars are really, really big. I was thinking she actually recently had spinal surgery, which is why she always has those ridiculous collars. They're to, like, help with neck support. I like my explanation. It's okay, we're almost to her good outfit. <laughs> mob boss Lacus outfit. I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> really, when I think of mob boss Lacus, I think of this outfit. Specifically because... Because she has a mob? Well, she gets some people killed. She yeah. invites some people to a red wedding in this episode. <laughs> it's just a red concert. <laughs> I, I, I believe you that I'm the one that called her that first, but I honestly cannot remember when I did that. I, but I end up with like a lot of terms that I can never actually trace where I started calling them that. Where does Lacus's father go? Do we ever see him, see him again? That would be a spoiler. Okay. He comes up again. Let me put it that way. Because I don't assume he's dead. We just like, we don't know what he's doing. I can't even remember his first name. Siegel? I was going to say Seymour. <laughs> no, see, that's a reasonable name. <laughs> no, he's not. The, like only person, yeah, the only person in the series that has a reasonable name is Patrick. Uh, no, uh, what's Flay's dad's name? It's not Greg, but it's something <laughs> like idea. that. He also has a reasonable name. He's been dead for like Greg 30 Allister. episodes. I don't know what his name is. He wasn't important. That's true. That's fair. He was important as a side note as to why Flay was a crazy bitch. Like, that That was the main problem. That, that was his main character motivation in arc. Azrael is a biblical name. It's not when you give a child. Well, to be fair, wait, Azrael? <laughs> he hasn't yeah. shown up, but Mu, or Mu, uh, Rao has mentioned him. Okay. He's like the last major player that needs to also, show up. Also, we found out that Atherin is a traditional Irish name, so that, that meshes pretty well with Patrick, right? Still weird. Except for the Zalas. I don't know where <laughs> the Zalas came from. 
Still weird. Uh, you know, they're Japan Irish. Oh, yeah. So Japan was his Irish. mother a redhead? Because Irish? No, she's not. We've seen pictures of her. I also can't remember her name. The, is her name ever mentioned? I think so. It seems like a thing I would know, and I don't. So, But Patrick is a very traditional but Irish name. You so also clearly, don't, that's the Irish side. You also don't know um, Flay's dad's name. And I really want to say it's Greg, but I'm thinking of Glenn, uh, the first coordinator. Sorry, I'm trying to look up Flay's dad's name because this is really important. Is is he just listed as Flay's dad? He's on Flay's article. Kind of doubt parents are on there. Mom unknown, father deceased. A mother also deceased. She tells us that in that one episode. George. George, George. is his name. George. 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 George of the Alistairs. Watch out for that battleship. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that movie. So if this is your first episode... uh. Wow, we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, Kira Yamato is a space coordinator. They're genetically engineered people to be super awesome. Most of them are members of Zaft, which are space colony people, but he's not. He accidentally fell into a giant robot and ended up on the Earth Alliance, which are the people fighting against Zaft. His best friend, Atherin Zala, killed him after a whole bunch of stuff happened. But, it's but okay, he got, he got better, better. <laughs> uh, when Atherin's fiance, Lacus Klein, decided he should. Then she gave him the best Gundam ever. And now he's using it to be Jesus. Yes. Um, let's see. There's also Isaac, who Zach hates. Diarca, who's the best. He's on the Archangel's Bridge. The Archangel is the cool Earth Alliance ship. Uh, the Earth Alliance betrayed them, so now they don't know what they're going to do. Mulaflag is there. He's the best. Yeah, I guess an important thing is last episode, a bunch of people got microwaved. That was bad. Also, the girl who's totally not Kira's sister is from Orb, this neutral nation. That they hung out in for oh, a yeah. bit. I forgot about Leia. How's she doing? She shows up in this episode via flashback. <laughs> she does. She yells at Atherin in his own flashback. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's silent, and there's just, like, all these silent scenes with this music playing in the background. <laughs> and then she's just yelling at him. <laughs> Interesting note about this episode. It's where Cartoon Network gave up on the show. Really? Yep. It got sentenced to a... One in the morning, Friday night slash Saturday morning time slot. When so, would it, or when was it wow. before? Like ten thirty Saturday nights when Toonami was Saturday nights. That's really weird. This seems like an odd episode to like relegate it to the back burner. Well, I mean, the, I think they figured if that episode before wasn't the most popular thing ever, okay, it that's wasn't fair. going to be. No, it makes so sense. I, so I missed a couple episodes, not knowing what happened to it, and did not see this one the first time through. Yeah, this one seems important. Stuff I happens. I'm pretty sure I saw the next one, though, because of something important that happened today. All right, so with that, we're going to start with episode 36, In the Name of Justice. You can find it on Crunchyroll or Hulu or sometimes YouTube, depending on where you're listen- when you're listening to this. We start- By the time this is out, Crunchyroll's going to have removed it, too. Yeah. <laughs> we start off with Atherin stalking the Death Star Bridge. Actually, we start with an establishing shot of that one mountain on that one plant. And there's just a whole bunch of people talking in panic, like, what happened? We need details. I didn't hear that. Who gave you this information? Just lots of panicked gossip as he walks through a hallway. And then he walks into Supreme Chairman Patrick Zala's office, who is his father, while he's yelling at a bunch of his flunkies. It seems more like, you know, you'd probably knock... Before just barging into a superior officer's quarters. To be fair, he was supposed to report to him. Yeah, presumably he was summoned, so. This is what he came here to do in the first place before everything happened. So we find out that Raul Crusay is safe somewhere. Even though they, they haven't been able to contact him, they just assume he's safe. Well, uh, presumably they know he's safe because of a report he issued beforehand, but they haven't actually uh, 
manage to get straight up contact with him. And Patrick Zala like says, hey, we need to hear it from him. That's very important. Another dude just walks in, so clearly this is normal. <laughs> there is no knocking it, in the it space is an o- It is an open door policy. <laughs> to be fair, Zaft is really sh- low on protocol, we've noticed, like, especially in the military structure. They're just going to do whatever. That's fair. And he's like, hey, a number of committee members, including Eileen Canaver, are like, hey, what the fuck? This wasn't the plan. And, and uh, have we ever had Eileen Canaver mentioned by name? Do we know who this yeah. is? Yeah, I, she's I, the person who called uh, Siegel in the l- two episodes oh, ago. Oh, the brown hair? Yeah. I assumed that's who she was. I did not know her by name. We've only heard Canaver. We've never heard her first name before. Isn't there a song called, like, Hold On, Eileen by the Bouncing Souls? Probably. (laughs) We're the Bouncing Souls. Isn't there a Jim Carrey movie called Me, Myself, and Eileen? No, that's Irene. Irene. (laughs) You've never heard of the Bouncing Souls? No. They sang that one song. Yeah, that is true. They did do that one song. I think... Moral of the story, though, they're like one of the most popular punk bands of the late punk movement. Ah, yes. See, there's the problem. I had about as much interest in punk as I had in... Anime? (laughs) Yeah, especially around that time. I mean, there's still a band. They still do concerts. Lots of things are still banned. I'm pretty sure Mick Jagger is still a band all by himself. (laughs) I tend to listen more to to, uh, rock and old country. Yeah, and punk is basically just rock with no rhythm or... Or harmonies. Or the <laughs> things that make rock good. <laughs> so anyway, Patrick's like, hey, son, give me a second. And, and he's like, yes, sir, and salutes. So, and the messenger guy's like, they're demanding an emergency council meeting. So they just kind of ignore him for a minute. It's like, okay, the problem, the priority is getting everybody safe and back to Carpentaria, which we know is a Zaft base on Earth. And he's like, we have to stay calm. We have to stay in control and get cool-headed reporting of the facts. And find out where the clients went. And also, where the hell are those dirty clients? <laughs> so then we see all of the military at the Klein household. Apparently, they've just been shooting the place up because there are broken windows. Target all practice. the flowers are destroyed. Kira's bed is in tatters. Target practice. Guys what are that, running what around. What is that guy doing? Like, he just kind of runs by with his gun held like, girl, what is it? Like, I want something to shoot at. I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised. Because based on what we've seen so far, you'd think that those guys would have, like, some kind of uh, armband with MP on it, you know, because they seem like yeah. they'd be military police of some kind. And Zala's like, hey, we should arrest I'm all being the clients. A, I'm being a dictator now. Arrest everybody I don't like. Yeah. And also, we this is where Patrick Zala is starting to slip. Because he says, hey, it's obvious that the Kleins are the ones responsible for leaking this information because Lacus was dealing with a spy and stole our sweet Gundam, which kind of tracks. Except also now arrest all their associates. The other thing is, how did Siegel Klein find out about Operation Spitbreak? Like, that's the question he should be asking, because we as the audience know he didn't know about it. And he doesn't necessarily know that. But he should be trying to find where his information leak is. Instead, he's just like found someone to blame and is kind of throwing well, he knew, all the things at them. He knew about the operation. He didn't know what the operation's actual target was. Well, that's true of everybody. And that's what the problem is. They were talking about how they installed a Cyclops system under the base, and that would have taken some time, so they must have known ahead of time. And so he needs to find out where his information leak is. And it's Raoul Crusay, the guy he trusts. So that's a problem. But he's as soon as he finds a theory that's a, a little plausible, he's like, that has to be it. Arrest everybody vaguely related to them. <laughs> yes. He's off his rocker. Even a child like my son who sent into this room could figure <laughs> out what happened here. <laughs> they betrayed us. Uh, Well, you're not technically wrong, but I don't think they actually knew what you're 
thinking that they knew. I love in the later scene, oh, we'll, we'll get there, when Lax is like, I didn't give it to a spy. You, <laughs> you, he's got a really awkward like animation when he's yelling at one point, because he's slightly out of focus and isn't as detailed. And so it, he's just kind of like staring at somebody opening and closing their hand a bunch. Patrick dismisses everybody but Atherin and falls down into his chair in exhaustion, and clearly this is getting to him. He assumed he was going to have won the war at this point, and it has literally blown up in his face. I guess microwaved in his face? <laughs> several blew of up these... like soup that you microwaved well, too much. Well, several of the gins did explode, so it did explode in his face. So Atherin's like, Father? And he's like, what the hell did you just call me? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Commander Zolliser, Supreme Chairman, who's the best? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you Dad, Mr. Zolla. I'm sorry. And Atherin's like, yeah, um, what's going on? I can't believe it. I know Lackis. She's like my fiance. That's not a thing she'd do. And he's like, do you think anyone would convince a r- or would accuse a random pop idol of stealing <laughs> and assisting a spy if there wasn't video evidence? <laughs> and he shows him a shot of Lackis with Kira, but we don't see. And she like looks right yeah, at the camera. Ki- Lackis <laughs> mugs for the camera. We only see Kira's back. She, she's so experienced a pop idol that yeah. she knows where all cameras are that are looking at her at all times. So she like <laughs> looks at it. I, like she, she just refrains just a bit from actually winking at the camera. Like, ha, I beat you. This never happened to the other guy. <laughs> and he's like, well, obviously, Lacus is no longer your fiance. Patrick's always like, this hasn't been officially announced yet, but we're treating as, her as a fugitive wanted for treason. Zoom in enhance cliche. Plus <laughs> one <sin. laughs> also, her nose grew three sizes that day. <laughs> she was just a little off model when they zoomed in. Because they didn't actually zoom in because they don't have that technology. But Patrick Zala wanted it, and no one was willing to tell them that they didn't have it. So they just got someone to draw regressively. <laughs> zoom or zoomed in. This is close enough. <laughs> he's, he's off his nut anyway. He won't notice. So he's like, so your next mission is to recapture the stolen X-10A Freedom and eliminate its pilot and all persons and facilities that have come in contact with him and the pilot. That the doesn't machine. seem like an expanding <laughs> scope that will get out of hand quickly. <laughs> That's a little um fire and salt <laughs> yeah. approach to this problem. Like, at this point, eliminating everybody who might have come into contact. And with everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cat. Kill it. It was near the Gundam. Ah, uh, he refueled. Destroy that gas station. He wanted the taquito. Destroy that Mexican restaurant. <laughs> uh, I think that's the episode title. <laughs> Taquitos of justice. It's, it's just one of those things where it's clearly evident that he's really, really losing it. Because, yes, eliminating the pilot and anybody he might have talked to, that makes sense. But trying to figure out Everything he might have come into contact with and knocking that out, too. Does it count if he used, like, sanitation or, like, hand sanitizer <laughs> afterwards? <laughs> Use the bathroom there. Must destroy that toilet. Destroy the porta potty. The plunger of justice. <laughs> so speaking of justice, he's going to receive the X-09A justice at the arsenal and begin his mission as soon as possible. Like, what backup does he get? Does he get any? Uh, he gets the justice. I feel like you need, like, a fleet to do all this. He doesn't even get Isaac. <laughs> also, it, well, it, it seems a little odd that they just, at the arsenal, why is this thing that's presumably one of the last, you know, or the last heavy-duty experimental Gundam they have just part of the normal arsenal? Like, why isn't that somewhere else? Well, the plan was always to give it to him, so I assume it's getting armed and going through, like, final combat readiness. And he's like, if it's impossible to recapture the freedom, destroy it. And Atherin's like, um, what the fuck? <laughs> Dad? The, 
what is a free? Yeah, yeah and then there's the an eliminate like everything, everything he came into contact. He, he not even not even eliminate everything he came into contact with. Eliminate everything he might have come into contact with. So we're talking like everything. Fly over a small town, wipe that out. The entire planet of Earth. See a bear? Well, he clearly must have come into contact with the bear. And Athrun's just got that expression of, really? you got to be kidding me. And then another guy comes in without knocking. <laughs> I think this is actually the same guy who came in right no, after it's a different guy. earlier. It's a different guy. He's, he's shorter. They have the same haircuts, though. So then Patrick tells Athrun that the freedom and justice are equipped with N-Jammer cancelers and therefore are nuclear-powered. And Athrun gets a shocked reaction before we cut to the opening sequence. Oh, and also N-Jammer cancelers. Impossible! Nani? <laughs> <laughs> and then the opening sequence after that very tense cold open. So while we're sitting here watching the intro, I just can't look at Giant's suit fights anymore without thinking of Kill a Kill. <laughs> just... <laughs> Anytime you have to get suited up for anything. <laughs> Kill a Kill, I, I think of more of the magical girl side of it. Well, things. yeah, no, it's obviously a play on magical girl, but... Also, also Sonkets Shapool! <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a great show. Hey, look, it's Emo Nickel. Those those characters are way too early. They're, like they, Soon, they, very soon. They show up way too but early. But not next episode. They're still like two, three, four episodes out. We will get a new opening soon as well. So, I don't even think they appear before they the, do, they the do, opening but, changes. They do appear before the opening changes. I was about to give a spoiler. I love this scene. Now knowing what I know about Lacus at the end of the opening where she's like looking up hopefully at the sky. Lacus and, like, and her cone of shame clothing. <laughs> yes, and her cone of shame clothing. Really, that's her saying, I just arranged 20 people to die today. I'm so happy. Haro, <laughs> <laughs> haro. <laughs> she made a deal you can't refuse. <laughs> So when we come back, they do a cool thing where we're at the armory looking at the justice, but we're getting the dialogue from the previous scene, the end of it, where he's like, why would you build those things when we, the plants made a decision to abandon nuclear weaponry of all kinds, which, you know, especially coming from a Japanese perspective is a very, I think, hard decision. That's a very, these are morally wrong. And I really like it. But Patrick Zala is like, hey, we need it to do whatever it takes. And basically uses very similar justification to what Harry Truman did when he actually dropped nuclear bombs on Japan about how they need that power to prevent casualties. Which raises the question, are they fission or fusion powered? I imagine fission. Well, fission power is easier to do. Atherin is now talking to Nichols' dad, who is overseeing the project. And he's like, oh, how I'm so sorry about Nickel dying. He's like, no, I knew you were fighting a war. And besides, you got revenge, right? And Atherin just looks more miserable as a result. <laughs> I told you, we are going to get some choice Atherinks coming up. And he's like, uh, what I really can't understand, though, is how people like Lacus Klein could betray you when you're risking your lives on the battlefield. Also, wasn't she your Be Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Look, I have before asked the question, wouldn't the world be better if Beyonce was Obama's daughter and she gave nuclear weapons to an enemy faction? <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is the real world and we'd all probably be dead. <laughs> we just need nobler opponents. But anyway, again, he gives pretty much the same justification for the Enjammer Canceller as nuclear weapons used in real life. And Atherin has some sweet la flashbacks to Lacus just being a sweet girl and not this weird spy traitor. Turns out she's both. And Nichols' dad points out if the Earth find it, forces find the freedom and reverse engineer it, they will probably just start nuking them again. Nah, they'd never do that. Which kind of almost 
justifies Patrick Zala's crazy overzealousness, but not quite. And then Atherin, clearly stuck in his own head, just thinking of Lacus, that time she stopped Raul the Crusade from destroying the Archangel. Well, trying to kill uh, Kira specifically, because actually she stops Moo and Rao from killing each other, because they're the ones that are actually getting ready to kill each other. And then we cut back to Earth, the Freedom just hanging out with a decapitated Jin. Down to Jin, we've got Moo's damaged uh, Skygrasper. So pretty much all of the crew of the Archangel have gotten off ship to stretch their legs and are staring at Kira, who's alone, slowly walking towards them. Remember, he just let a guy die, like, three minutes ago. Or watched a guy die, I suppose. And everyone else is hopelessly confused, because obvious reasons, he just came back from the dead. They all look like they're looking at a ghost, which is pretty cool. Well, yes, because everyone is like, we don't know any high-level clerics that could cast Ray's dead. (laughs) They don't know Reverend Malkio. (laughs) (laughs) His first line is just, I'm glad I made it in time. And, like, Maru and Moose are, like, slowly approaching him, like, you're real, right? We're not real crazy and imagining this. And Mirielli eventually breaks and just runs towards him. And then all the random crew members start too, like except for mom and dad who are just <laughs> kind of watching. And Sai and Kezi who are lo- lost initiative. Sai, <laughs> you. And even Sai like almost is break down. He's like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. Cuzzy doesn't sew, because Cuzzy yeah, sucks. Cuzzy doesn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> just let Sai and Kira have their emotional moment. You want to ask me stuff? Well, too bad. I'm not going to answer any of it. <laughs> but classified. I do have questions for you. That's classified. And Moot just comes out like, hey, where are you with the Zaft? It's like, yeah, where do you think I got this uniform? But I didn't join their army. But no way am I rejoining you guys either. Does, okay, I think they changed it, because in, in the English stuff, doesn't uh, Maru, or not Maru, Moo asked him if he is with Zaft now, not were you with Zaft? I'm not sure. I did watch the English dub, but I did not note that. I thought I thought he asked something along uh, those lines because of the uniform. I mean, it makes Kira's, sense. Or the flight suit that Kira's currently wearing. I'm pretty sure it's a, basically the same question in both versions. It's just a quirk of how exactly it's asked. And Maru says, hey, okay, but let's talk stuff over. Do you need any maintenance done on your machine? And he's like, uh, no. It's pretty nuclear-powered, so it's <laughs> fine. Although he would need more machine gun bullets for his Vulcans. And it turns out those are actually just firing pieces of enriched uranium. Yeah, it's, it's just... like Mass Effect bullets. It's yeah. just... <laughs> ah, right. And they have the appropriate reaction to finding out that he can use nuclear energy. And <laughs> Somebody like, asks, where do you get it from? Uh, where do you think? <laughs> where do you think I got it? Kira, though, having no longer being a shitty teenager, instead of using sarcasm, is just like, if you ask for any specific data, I'll have to decline. And if you try to take me f- it from me, I will have to shoot you. Which, again, is not like Kira at all from before. But he goes on to say, hey, this was entrusted to me by someone and it's my responsibility now. So clearly he's taking it very seriously. And Mu is just like <sighs> surprised, like, wow, you're an actual decent human being now. You're not a <laughs> shitty teenager. My work here is done. We should go over a drink, kid. <laughs> I'm buying, since you haven't actually been paid yet. <laughs> that is true. What's Kira's back pay at this point? <laughs> I don't know. Like He's also been technically declared uh, MIA slash KIA, so... Next of kin. In theory, he should also get uh, So wait, when he gets back pay? to Orb, maybe his parents will have it. <laughs> so Maru is like, hey, nobody touched the machine. Is that clear? Very clearly on his side, which makes sense since he did just save the day. No one actually responds to her question, though. It's more of an order. It's not a question. It's an order. 
She is still captain, at least for now. Yeah, but no one says, like, I or anything. They're just like, yeah, sure, I guess. So we then cut to Atherin in the client's just trashed house. These soldiers left no stone unshot. I love the the slashed (laughs) pillow. Is she hiding in here? (laughs) Well, maybe they were looking for Haro's. She did always have a flock around her. (laughs) So Atherin has some more flashbacks to them just hanging out, being vaguely romantic, being very poorly animated as they used to be. (laughs) He hears something and goes for his gun, but it's just a Haro. Also, is he keeping his gun in his jacket or in his sling? I assume there's a holster in there. In He's his jacket. probably got a shoulder rig, so it's probably under his under his shoulder. So he starts chasing the Haro, who you know is very bouncy, and then just randomly stops under a trellis, which all the flowers have been shot from. <laughs> Target practice, man. You got they're, they're small targets. And he has a flashback to Lacus telling him they're from the first theater she's sitting in public at, so they're special to her. Again, back when they were poorly animated and young. And they do one of those cool fades to trans to, to show how com- destroyed it is in the future. Haro is fine, and you're fine too. <laughs> and Atherin sort of starts putting stuff together and runs off determinedly with a Haro in his one good hand. <laughs> and then we get the eye catch. Hey there, everyone. Much like a lost and forgotten Haro, I am going to leave you some cryptic messages. Nah, not really. I No more than usual, anyway. Anywho, gonna keep this one short this week, because nothing particularly interesting has happened in the last week since I put down an episode. So, hey, in order to drive audience participation, I want you to tell me, courtesy of Alex, which Gundam Seed character you would most like to hang out with, preferably over alcohol... And why? Moo is not an acceptable answer because he's the obvious answer. Natarl is an acceptable answer because she's so hilarious when she's drunk. Go ahead and reach out to us at LTOV Gundam or at LTOVG Tyler. Or, you know, just drive our Discord or leave a comment on the episode on the website, www.lastpodcast.com. Preferably with zero context. You can also find all of our good show notes and some of the articles that I think only Zach writes anymore, but hey, the rest of us tried once upon a time. Or listen to the backlog of old episodes, or go listen to one of our other podcasts. It's all good stuff. Now, I'm not going to steal any more of your time, unlike how Atherin is about to steal another Gundam. Uh, okay, bye. When we cut back from the eye catch, they've told Kira everything they know about the Cyclops system plan and how they were never told anything about it, but the headquarters probably had to know well ahead of time. And Kira's basically like, yeah, it's pretty much the same up at Zaft. They don't know. They're not telling their people what's going on either. I actually kind of like that shot because we have this we have this shot where Moo and Maru are standing. Well, Maru is in the captain's chair and Moo is standing with her. Then the bridge crew are underneath her, and then, like, Kira's friends are off to one side, and Kira's standing alone at the front of the ship. Brooding like he's Batman. So he's <laughs> it's got this, like, effect that Kira's now not really a part of things. Like, he's a part of what's going on, but also separate doing his own thing. But also, he's right in front of, like, the bridge window where, like, an enemy would be if they were looking at it. Which yeah, is... so it's got a lot of, like, just inherent symbolism. It's very well staged. Although, I... 
that animation on Kira's face right now, he looks kind of stoned. <laughs> like he he looks poor. His face looks more poorly animated than Kira's face usually is, and it's. I think they're just trying something awkward. different to make him look more mature, but it doesn't really work. No, it just it does just make him look like he's. He needs a haircut or high or both. So he asks what the art crew of the Archangel is planning to do from here, and they're like, "Shit, we've had like two minutes to think about it." Like we literally <laughs> just stopped being nearly dead, and we haven't been able to communicate with anyone. And also, they probably execute us if we try to rejoin the military. Well, first the Helmsman's like, "Yeah, should we head over to Panama?" And Moo's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, because they'd be thrilled to see us." Moo's like, "Best case scenario, they will treat us like we deserted." Technically, light. Technically speaking, they never actually deserted the front line. They moved the front line out. <laughs> Like, that was... It was a tactical withdrawal. (laughs) No, it was a tactical advance. It was a charge. They charged. They charged through the enemy forces and survived. (laughs) But we've seen that the Earth Alliance doesn't like them and can definitely spin it that way without any problem. Yeah. They were not ordered to charge. They were ordered to hold the line. And and the bridge crew points out that they would all probably be court-martialed and likely shot. And Maru gets depressed and is like, well, you know. What are we actually fighting for, basically? And Kira's like, what do you think we should fight for? What are you buying? Because <laughs> I'm selling. But he's not that kind of leader. He doesn't say, I think we should fight against this. He's like the Socratic type where he's <laughs> like, I think we should think about what we should actually be fighting against to end the war. Uh, I I just like that. It, like almost all the shots of Murdoch I like because a lot of them he's, he's just not actually so befuddled. <laughs> like in that shot, he's not actually doing anything. He's just kind of not even really supervising. He's just standing there looking confused while all of his mechanics. He are looks working overwhelmed. He's like, "Man, I have so much shit to fix. What in what order do I even do this?" So that's used to establish that it's later now, and we cut to Maru and Moo in their little office enjoying some hot coffee together. Uh, yeah, I saw the coffee, and I'm like, Wallfield? <laughs> I, th- I think it's actually supposed to be Maru's cabin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. We've seen it a few times. It's where they put Kira on trial early it's on. It's where they do pretty much everything. It's where Moo engaged in sexual harassment. Well, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think it's just like... It- functions as that combination. It's, it's Maru's office and cabin and a judgment seat. Moo's like, I don't think anyone's in the mood to return to the Earth Forces, especially since we're more or less guaranteed to face the firing squad, which is a line in the English dub I really like. As opposed to execution? Same thing, but it's more evocative. I don't think the firing squad was ever really used in Japan, though, so the metaphor probably doesn't... No, I I agree with you, because it evokes more of a a specific image than just execution, which is more of a nebulous word than the firing squad. So Moo and Maru notice the thing we've talked about the entire last two episodes, which is Kira has changed. He went to college and grew up, met a girlfriend. Yeah, the, 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 kid, the kid has grown up. I like how, like, there's a shot of Millie just, like, looking at her hands being depressed in the mess, and Kira just kind of walks past. Yeah, I, was, I kept expecting him to turn in. And so so did I. Him. I was expecting someone to notice somebody else, but they, he just kind of walks on by and there's nothing done. Well, before we move on, an important plot point we kind of skipped. Moo suggests they go to Orb, since they are a neutral nation that has been helpful to them. So that is on the table. Kira goes back to his and Flay's sweet bunk. <laughs> and spots the box. The box with all his stuff. What's this box of all my shit doing here? As well as some lipstick just hanging out on the floor. As you do. And that I assume that him... was uh, Flay's vape. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Flay, do she vape? Uh, I'm sorry. Relic Crusade, do he vape? <laughs> yeah. What, what Isaac, you... do he vape? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, what, you, what you stopped it on... The subtitle, um, I just couldn't help but think of uh, Flay being a Pokemon and her cry just being, Kira, Kira, Kira. Kira. 
So Kira flashes back to that time he told Flay they'd talk about their awkward breakup after he came back from Gundaming, and then he never did. And he promptly died. And so he's like, after I return, and awkward Don't grin. you forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Birdie lands on his shoulder, and he's like, what? And sighs there. He's like, hey, he was hanging out with me while you were gone. And it seemed kind of weirdly morbid to, for me to turn him off, so I didn't. And Kira's like, God damn it, I thought I was free of this stupid thing. <laughs> so I is about to awkwardly leave when Kira's like, um, hey, where's Flay? And so I, as a flashback to Flay, awkwardly confessing her feelings for him. In order of. to try and reattach yeah. herself to somebody else. She's like a lamprey, a lamplay, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her how she was transferred to Alaska along with Badgerill and Waflaga. And some re- somehow Moo got back here. I'm not really sure how that happened. Yeah, but... all, the, all the commander returned. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Flay, yeah, everybody else stole a motorcycle. And then, like I said earlier, Sai kind of comes to the end of his arc where he just yells his feelings. Where he's like, hey, I'm happy you're alive because I was really upset when you died. But, like, whenever I see you, I just feel miserable, which is kind of heavy stuff, but totally makes sense. And we see flashbacks to him trying and failing to help everybody else. I actually think we should see these flashbacks a little later, but I'll talk about that. And he's like, you're always you're just better than me at everything. And like, I feel worthless. And Kira's like, well, you're taller than me. So you got that going for you. (laughs) Well, Kira has the pretty mature point that, like, but there are some things you can do that I can't, which is true. I really wish we'd gotten flashbacks to some of those, though. In particular, like I was just talking about him trying to comfort Millie. That's something he's actually good at that Kira has kind of not done. He has no social presence at all, even in this more mature state. So, like, some objectives would make this feel, or some object examples would make this feel a lot less... Like, it's just patronizing. Or pl- uh, yeah. patronizing but I do him. think he has a point, so. Also, Sai has no, he, way better fashion sense. He does have a, he does have a very good point there, because there is things that we've seen Sai do that Kira is a, not a total and colossal failure, or not a colossal failure, but has been a total failure throughout the series. Unfortunately, this is kind of Sai's last hurrah. He does stick around, but he pretty much fades into the background. Although, if I remember correctly, most of Sai's comforting of Millie has occurred where Kira didn't know it was going on. Yeah, but he Be- still knows he's the one who's capable of social grace. That is true. Because all of Sai's comforting of Millie has been after Tall died and Kira died at the same time. Yep. So then we cut to this theater that Lack is saying out that's apparently in Fallout times because <laughs> the poster of her is ripped and there are all these like rocks in it. The White Symphony featuring Lackis Klein. Like, is this just her permanent concert hall? Like, why is her name no. still up? Well, she said it's the first place she sang, and since she's so famous, the way I presumed is it like that's something the concert hall like promotes. Like, okay. This is where Lackis Klein debuted, and they have stuff. Look at that dress. It's almost more stupid than the one she's currently wearing. So another as Atherin walks in, we get our <laughs> second song from Lackis Klein. It's a new one. The last one that the English dub bothered to dub. It was actually, the English dub of this is actually pretty good. It's yeah. not quite really the same meaning of lyrics, but... It's pretty good. Both the, Thematically, they're similar. Both the songs they translated are pretty good. I'm really sad they don't translate her third song, because that's my favorite of the three. And the new dub, I doubt, is going to translate any of them, because that's not really what dubs do anymore. 
Have we talked about the new Gundam Seed dub at all? Not really. I didn't no. know there was another one. They're, it's not out yet, but they've announced they're doing a new redub. I think because they would have to pay all the actors from the old dub again if they were going to re-release it. And that's more of a pain in the ass than just doing a new one. Ah. Especially since they have the HD footage to match it to. So yeah, the meaning of the lyrics is basically about getting over someone and comparing it to water. Atherin starts having a bunch of flashbacks as he's walking up to her. Yeah, and it's, you know, very clip episode-y, but I really like both what it tells us about um, Atherin's feelings. And because we get this song over it, that's at least new content. When Atherin pulls out a gun on his way up. He pulls out like a submachine gun type of thing. While carrying the Haro in one hand, which looks suspiciously like an apple. And he sees Lacus just hanging out on the stage alone, singing. With background music. Someone started background music for her. Maybe it was her. Oh, yeah, this is my boss, Lacus. Yeah, this is definitely. Yeah, she's clearly part of the triad. <laughs> yeah. So shall we talk about it? We've hinted about her outfit a lot. Should we just go ahead and talk about it? Oh, no, cool. I was oh, waiting for her to stand up. Right. Okay. Because yeah. I know she does, and you get a better look at it. But yeah, Atherin just walks down the middle alley or middle aisle of these seats, flashing so, back to everything. Yeah, so basically everything with Kira, he flashes back to meeting him in orb over the fence, uh, giving him back his annoying bird. <laughs> Atherin learned that when they parted, nobody can reach it. And then them fighting up to the point where, of course, Atherin kills that Kira. And we don't actually see Nickel's death, but we do see Atherin reacting to it and grieving over him. In flashback, so clearly all Atherin can think about is his dead friends, not even his captured friend Diarca. Yeah, yeah. Diarca is more like his captured acquaintance. <laughs> that, that captured Diarca's Dier- his teammate, but he's not yeah. like Kira or a close Nicole. friend. Yeah, actually, you know, I just came up with how Kira escaped. Zach, um, the Aegis was missing one of its claw arms. <laughs> and you're reaching its straws <laughs> no it doesn't make it it doesn't explain it at all we also get him flashing back to Kagala yelling at him about being an idiot in the cycle of violence and then the Haro just jumps right up to Lacus and she's like ah Pink Chan thanks Atherin I knew you'd bring him to me so clearly Lacus is in control of this situation even though she's smiling cheerfully and Atherin is in full angst mode with a submachine gun uh Lex just preparing to make him an offer he can't refuse. Especially, oh, that face. That's it's perfect. So, it's, it is a flay face, if I've ever seen yeah. it. It is absolutely perfect. And, like, really does reinforce that idea of, I have all the power, you don't even know what you're doing here yet. She should be a politician someday. It's like her dad was or something. Yep. He, he this, just jumps, like, ten feet in the air. <laughs> this is a spoiler. I'm just gonna spoil something. Okay. We were supposed to get a Gundam Seed movie after Destiny, that Destiny does some stuff to set up. Okay. The seri- Destiny ends with Lacus Klein as Plant Supreme Council Leader. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, that makes sense. So I- Atherin haps up onto the stage and is like, hey, how do you explain everything that happened? And she's like, well, you, you're here because you heard about it, right? So I don't have to tell you what happened. And he's like, so you assisted a spy? And like Tyler said, she's like, no, I didn't s- assist a spy. I'm a singer. I'm real good at poetry. All I did was give Kira a new sword. <laughs> I, I just I like that. I never Kira wasn't a spy. a spy. He was a neutral soldier. Enemy soldier. Technically, he was an enemy soldier. He was technically part of the Earth Forces. But he was not a spy. That's true. No, he defected. <laughs> he and did for- put on a uniform. Yeah, he also formed the new union of Yama, Texas. (laughs) And again, she goes on to say, like, I think it will serve its purpose best in Kira's hands anyway, which kind of sets Atherin off because Kira's dead. Duh. Yeah. Also, I'm better than him. I killed him. But before he can say that, 
Lacus just goes, did you kill him? Which I is one of the parts I do like the dub of this episode a lot. It isn't as cutting in the dub, though, because she's like, why is he dead? Whereas here she's like straight up kill, accuses Atherin. Did you kill him with your own two hands? And then she's like, don't worry, he's alive. And like Atherin just has this super emotional reaction to it. Looks like he's about to cry what? and it, levels his gun at her. And this is clearly what she was going like. She's clearly just pulling his strings at this point. But well, she's also not lying, but he yep. doesn't know that. And well, she's manipulating him absolutely perfectly without lying a single I know, time. It's, it's great. fantastic. So, and Lacus is like great because this actually does reinforce that idea of her manipulating everybody early on to think she's just a ditzy princess. Yeah, and Zach and I talked a little bit about, huh, I wonder if Atherin was originally supposed to get the freedom. And while that kind of makes sense, I've always maintained that no, because Lacus and her father had a plan to steal it. And I think this was the plan for the justice all along. They knew Atherin was going to be the pilot of it. And she's like, oh, I can manipulate that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to get naked. You got a weird standoff. Like, Lacus is just sitting on a rock in a dress and... Atherin's pointing a gun at her, and she's just completely and totally nonplussed. Yeah, I do love, like, how she's so clearly the one in the control. Like, he's shaking as even as he points the gun at her. And he's like, hey, that's impossible. I saw the footage. There's no way he could have gotten out of he that He told explosion. me enough. He told me you killed him. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, our super cleric friend brought him to me. And he told me that you two fought, and it was very emotional. <laughs> And she's like, well, if you don't believe me, do you, you believe how crazy your dad clearly is now that you're back? And like how we've become a 1984 state? <laughs> yeah, your dad's batshit crazy. I've noticed that Patrick Zala covers his right eye a lot. Like in a lot of scenes. I think it's, it's just like his stress tick. Okay, I was wondering if that was foreshadowing something. It's fake. It, he doesn't have a right eye. <laughs> it's glass. <laughs> it's from his pirating life. Exactly. <laughs> he just decided he didn't want to wear the eye patch anymore. And so and then Blackest like gets straight to the heart of it. He's like, so what do you believe in and fight for? Is it the medal you got or your dad's and orders? She, she Which, says that super scathingly, too. Yeah. And it, I really like the cadence of it in Japanese because it rhymes, which obviously you can't translate it in a way that does, but it sounds great. And again, he's like still pointing the gun at her, but like in a non-threatening way. It looks like he's about to break down and cry. He's like, well, if that's the case, you and Kira might become enemies again. And Athens like, well, shit, I don't want that. <laughs> And he's like, and I'll be your enemy too. Which is... Where she says while smiling. It's great. (laughs) And then she stands up as we see a whole bunch of men in black starting to storm the theater. And she just walks right up to him. It's like, if I'm your enemy, will you shoot me? And she like presses her chest to the gun. And as he's trying to back away from her, it's great. And then he lowers the gun finally, trying to figure out what to say while she just glares at him. And they're interrupted by a bunch of people running in with suits and sunglasses, wielding guns. Here, Atherin just, like, stands in front of her to protect her. Even though, like, hey, thanks, Atherin. Of course you'd know where she went since we're her fiancé. It's also important to note that all the goons have silencers. As well as gloves and sunglasses. They are literally the men in black. Yeah. And they say, we've been ordered to shoot her, so, you know, don't get in our way. We'll shoot you, too, if you defend her. And Athens like, that can't possibly be right. She's like 16, and you would at least want to interrogate her, right? <laughs> yeah, trial by jury, and then some guy just dies. <laughs> yeah, his back just explodes. There's a really cool cut-in of Atherin at that point, too, as he, like, shakes his chance to grab Lacus like she's an item. <laughs> Da-da-da, you got the Lacus. And he just, like, <laughs> carries her out of the way. And I really love anytime we see Atherin or Kira, but really Atherin, like, get in a gunfight, because he moves like a superhero. 
And also, both of them do the... F- they don't actually go on the offensive first, which is what you generally see in a lot of the action series, as the hero goes on the offense and dodges bullets, but each one of them goes for disengage and cover. So, it's important to note, really quick, that these generic mooks who go down like ragdolls are also coordinators. They're also... Theoretically, so, mildly superhuman. Yes, we, but they're also going up against other coordinators. It's never explicitly said, but there is a little more explicit as you go on. Kira and Athern are superlative, even for coordinators. Yeah. And Lachis as well. They have the seed that Melchio keeps referring to and is never really clearly defined. But anyway, some Zaf soldiers pop up in the stadium seats and start shooting all the men in black as Athern and, and Lachis hide behind some cover. And none of these men in black ever take cover from the fire they're taking from the audience. Although I, I think that also could end up being kind of a situation, like we've we've seen it in, in uh, Player Unknown. Like it's entirely Rock possible. Rock and a hard place. It's, it's also entirely possible it's a rock and a hard place. It's an amphitheater. The acoustics are probably going to bounce that around quite a bit. That's right. All their and, guys are shooting, so they're not like... And, it, and I, no one's screaming, uh, you know, oh, there are more enemies. And I don't think... Um, I. I don't think we've gotten a good look at them, but I believe that the other guys are also using silencers. They're not. Okay. Well, in that case, they're still going to have that uh, bouncing around in the yeah. in the arena. They're, it's going to be a hell of a time actually isolating where that is. Although, the look on Lacus's face, I don't think they had planned for this. Although, I think I, I don't think they expected it to happen, but they were ready for it. They were for prepared it it for it. But yeah, uh, this was not part of the plan. So there's a guy who takes cover uh, opposite of Atherton and Lacus. He gets ready to move in, but as soon as he levels his gun, he gets headshot by motherfucking DaCosta. Man. It's DaCosta. I know. He's just like shut up out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck is DaCosta doing here? Well, Andrew Wartfelt was all about, you know, are we fighting for the right cause? Like, And he's like, also, I want to go berserker mode it, one last time. It makes perfect sense that based on what Waltfelt was looking at, that DaCosta would side with Lacus in this, not crazy ass Zala. So like, it's like, hey, thanks, Ather. Now I gotta go. My my ride's here. <laughs> and like from there we cut to all the dead soldiers in piles of blood. And, and Atherin's just like shocked. Yeah, like, I, I, well, it's like, what is going on? I, and I like the Costa's first com- one of his first comments of uh, are you ready to go? Like, are you done here? <laughs> and she doesn't even like say anything about herself. She's like, hey, what happened with Reverend Malkio? And he's like, oh, he was able to take off successfully, which makes me think this was all part of the plan that she like d- not got caught on purpose, but was trying to draw forces towards her so he could escape. Again, Mafia Don Lacus. It's and I love how she she just looks at him coyly and says, "It's nice. It's been nice talking to you, Atherin. You have a good day." <laughs> like, hey, you should talk to Kira. He's on Earth, and he's like, <laughs> La- uh, K- Atherin's expression is just, uh. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is why I love Lacus Klein. <laughs> that, yeah, this is. I, I was unsure on her for a while, but this episode really sold it. This is where the series, where Lacus really shines. It's just a shame it's the worst part of the series after this. To be fair, some people really don't like Lacus because they see her as suddenly developing into this badass. This only works if you assume she's been playing them the whole time. I which assume, I think, she... which I think is consistent with what we've seen. Well, because but... it's not that she is now whipping out a gun or anything like that and going all berserker badass mode. Because she initially starts working against Atherin as a manipulator, and what we've already seen her talking to Kira about, I think it does track, especially with her father being a politician. That when she realized, oh, I'm on a, I'm on an Earth Forces ship, I gotta act a little bit more. Um, 
Well, I think like that, I'm not quite as knowledgeable or intelligent as I actually am. Well, especially with that one scene that we actually even got a flashback to this episode where she uh, talks down Rao from. Yeah, like she always struck me as being particularly strong, even when she was acting at dits. I thought there was more going on there. Yeah, I agree. I'm just some people don't like Lacus because they see this as sudden, but I think it's very well hinted at. She's just a super high level diplomancer. Diplomancer. <laughs> I feel like Bard. Oh, are you not aware of Diplomancer in three five? No. Rules as written: If you can get a twenty six on a diplomacy check, you can turn someone hostile to you to neutral to you. That's pretty good. And because th- there are just a lot of ways to get skill boosts in three five, because they're not nearly as hardly gated as combat skills, it's very easy to get a plus twelve to diplomacy as a first level character. <laughs> Roll so, 100 on a swim check You can swim up a waterfall yeah. So rules as written No DM should allow this But rules as written You can do this sort of thing No well, I think you should Definitely allow it. I like the roll 100 On a hide check You slip out of existence Yes you hide so well You no longer exist So now we cut one more time To Ather now in the justice Getting ready to take off As they open all those doors Above it Like they did with the freedom And it boots up We see the acronym again and Atherin's just kind of like, Kira, what are you planning? As he flashes back to... Two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But his, clearly that's where his head is. He's like, what the fuck still? His arm has magically healed. The last episode is just, Kira, what are you planning? Which I really like as the Justice boots up. You know, it seems like it's a darker... The Justice is a darker red than the Aegis, uh, Aegis was. I don't think that was initially in the initial release. They might have just tuned up the color to look better. Of course, it also could have just been the way they had the lighting on it, because when it was launching, it didn't look like that anymore. And the episode ends on a shot of the Justice in space. Why does it have the weapons in its hands currently? What's it shooting at immediately in well, Gundam Gundam things don't tend to have places to lock the beam rifles but out the of the Justice use. and Freedom do. <laughs> also, I feel like mag locks. They so. got his place on the back skirt. Also, um... I would buy that it would be standard procedure to launch with the weapons out, just that in case there yeah. is a problem. Just in case you're repelling incursion. <laughs> and it's more secure to actually be holding onto them than to lock them into place like that, I would bet. And that's episode 36, <laughs> in the name of justice. I like how you can see the sun in the background over his shoulder. I like, like the animation ball. on the thrust. Yeah, that's also really mm-hmm. cool. I mean, they do a really good job of it. Well, I just feel like this has actually a lot of symmetry with the first time that the uh, Freedom launches. That's the idea. Yeah. Because they're kind of twin suits. Not as much fallout after that huge episode. It's more focused on Atherin, which makes sense since we've just got a major Kira episode. Well, and Atherin has actually been kind of ignored for the past couple because after taking down Kira, it was like he kind of appeared in a couple of them. But really, it focused on the crew of the Archangel and Kira in on the plants. So getting Atherin's perspective for the majority of this episode, I think, is actually a beneficial thing for sto- for the story. And emotionally, they've swapped places. Kira knows what he wants to do and is being decisive. And Atherin is this wishy-washy wreck who can't stop thinking about the past and his guilt. Well, because the thing that he had kind of put his faith in, which was the Zaft military and the cause that they were fighting for, it's been has been question. shocked or has been uh, shaken down to its foundations, especially after dealing with his father, who is on his way to having a psych- some kind of psychotic break. And he doesn't have a fiancé anymore, even though she just did the most badass thing she's ever done, as far as he's aware. I mean, he lost his fiancé, he lost his boyfriend. Like, <laughs> It has not been a good series of uh, days for Atherin. It really hasn't. Next thing he knows, he's going to find out that 
lack of stash of horror in the cockpit with them. <laughs> Can you imagine how horrible the flight to Earth would be with one of those things? Watch Double Lot. <laughs> Lock-on's co-pilot is a horror. Why would you ever willingly inflict that on yourself? Presumably because it works for targeting data. Because he's a sniper. I guess high points. Tyler, you're up first. You're, you can steal the good one. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I obviously get the easy one. Um, and that is just all of Mob Boss Lackis. It's, ah, it's so good. Low pointers are dressed, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, we never really talked about it. <laughs> just post a picture of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll that collar, us. that collar. Well, on the sleeves that gonna, have, like, pauldrons. Honestly, I kind of like that dress, but that might just be me. I it like- sounds like it is just me. I like the dress. It's everything else. Yeah, no, my problem is that it looks really stupid and impractical. And her hair ornament is it, like this giant Christmas bulb. I, I just like realized that, that Lacus Klein is anime's version of Lady Gaga. <laughs> just about. She is a pop idol, but it tracks. I honestly kind of like because that kind of impractical appearance, that works for a performer. Yeah, yep. and it's clearly a concert dress. And that's clearly what it's supposed to be, but... Ugh. I don't care for it. It just tracks with everything else she's already worn. You cheated, Tyler, also. You're supposed to... I know. (laughs) Zach, high point? Uh, Well, he took the easy one. I'm going to have to go with uh, Kira coming back with the uh, his speech of basically, I know what I'm doing now. Do you? (laughs) And talking to the crew of the Archangel with anybody touches that, I'm going to have to shoot them. I'm torn between two, but I think what I'm going to go with is the return of DaCosta. Because it's subtle, he's not named. I missed it the first time I watched this episode. But it really tracks, if you consider who DaCosta is. This is obviously the side he would choose. And he's just got crazy bosses. That's his lot in life. So now he's gone from Andrew Weltfeld to Lackis Klein. I had missed and- it too. I thought he was just generic soldier. But he actually is fairly more important than it, than it looks on on the surface. To be fair, I don't think his name is... No, no, it is a, one, a couple times. His name does come up later. From Lacus? Yeah. Lacus's faction? On the other hand, at least he doesn't have to brew coffee all the time, because I don't think I've ever seen Lacus drink anything other than tea. Well, no, that's because she, that, she always takes her coffee black. Ah, goddamn kill the kill. The butler with the tea all the time. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Anyway... I uh, know I would appreciate the taste too much. The heat would be too intense. I told you it was going, you would like it. Yeah, I know. And well, people I, kept putting it off. I kept recommending that series and everybody kept putting it off. I got it recommended from nine individual sources, including a waiter at a random re- restaurant. <laughs> what? So, yeah. This is randomly, you should watch Kill a Kill. Yeah, he was, he had a, he had a chocobo pin on the back of his hat. I'm like, hey, sweet chocobo pin. So we were talking for a while. Apparently, a lot of people thought it was just like a giant green chicken. But anyways, like, yeah, you should. T- I forgot how it even came up. But I'm like, yeah, a lot of people keep recommending Kill a Kill. And the waiter turns around. And I was like, you should definitely watch Kill a Kill. <laughs> it is great. All right. Low anyway. points. Tyler. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's my actual low point. I don't hit the dress that much. Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with one. This level or this level. This episode's pretty consistent all around yeah it might actually have to be the doofy scene with the guards like it's only like five seconds of them on screen but like the guards searching the klein estate and it does kind of add to how crazy patrick zala is that he's like sent a platoon to shoot the place up though and like they they apparently have no idea what the hell they're doing so zach uh low points oh man 
You can't take the dress. The dress is a valid low point. I don't think it's a low point, though. I don't I think know. that's a big that's as big of a deal. Like I said, this ep- this episode's pretty like consistent all the way through. Yeah, there's not really like any kind of spires, but there's no troughs either. Uh, I think I would have to go with uh, the Zaft hit squad being monumentally incompetent. They were pretty bad. They didn't even fire backwards. One guy almost noticed them and then died. Alright, my turn. Let's see. Still no Diarca, but I feel like I'm cheating using that two weeks in a row. Let's see. No Isaac. No Isaac. That's a high point. Cuzzy. Cuzzy doesn't do anything. <laughs> that's, look. That's why. Cuzzy not doing anything is... He was on screen almost as much as other characters and did not say a word. The random background... To be fair, neither crew. did Murdoch. Yeah, but he had better facial expressions than Cuzzy. It's true. <laughs> I'm going to go with how much reuse footage is in this episode. It's all used to contextualize where Atherin's head's at, so it's about as well as you can use it, but they're sure saving a lot of money for those poorly animated Kira faces. <laughs> I guess they, they got to put all the bad animation there so they can give it all to Lacus later. Yeah, that's true. They, they do reuse a lot of them. They even reuse stuff that we just freaking saw. I really want to, like, do some sort of portmanteau of Lacus and Yakuza. Lacuza? That almost works. La- Lacuza? Yeah, anyway. All right, so that will do it for episode 36. No points were scored in the game this week, yet again. I'm pretty sure we score points next week. I think we do, too. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm actually almost positive we do. I am as well. I'm trying to think of exactly what happens in the next episode. It's pretty transitional, as I recall. But we'll just have to see next week for episode 37, Divine Thunder. Oh yeah, the the Wikipedia according to the Wikipedia description, we will score points next episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see you then. Well, bye. This has been a last podcast production, copyright 2019.